Hi, thanks for joining us here at AnimalCafe.co. Each Monday, you'll find a new interview with experts and enthusiasts working to better the lives of animals. On Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, we meet in the Chat Cafe, where you can ask questions and have a conversation with our guest. Check our website, AnimalCafe.co, for guest and host profiles. Hope to see you there. Welcome to Animal Cafe. I'm Lori Houston, and I'm here today with Dr. Marty Becker. Dr. Becker is often referred to as America's veterinarian. He's made frequent appearances on television's Good Morning America and on the Dr. Oz Show. He joins us today to talk about pet care and share some secrets from his new book. So, Dr. Becker, thank you very much for being with us today. We're so happy to have you with us. Well, thank you. It's a, it's a real honor. I always like talking to other people who think of their pets as family members and 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 we all, you know, I, the bond is such a crazy thing anyway. It's nebulous but easily understood by anybody that's ever felt it. It's like trying to describe love. Oh, it sure is. You felt it, you know what, and and also the human-animal health connection. I've been involved with that. It's kind of a book into the, the you know, the, the, the bond is that, uh, that, that affection connection, that healing power of pets and you know, we just, we know that pets just don't make us feel good, but they're good for us. And as that body of evidence continues to grow, we're going to realize that, uh, you know, in, in my lifetime, I've seen it go from animal to pet to family member. But really, it's it's a life support system cleverly disguised as a four-legged family member. And there's great value in keeping that life support system uh, working uh, working optimally and being happy. Yeah, it certainly is, and and your book has a lot of terrific information to help people do that. Um, so why don't we start out by telling telling our listeners a little bit about your book? It's uh, your dog, the owner's manual. Well, well, I've been I've been lucky enough to have written or co-authored 19 books. I've sold over eight million books. I've had three New York Times bestsellers previously, and. Some have been those kind of celebratory things, you know, the chicken soup for the pet lover's soul. Other things have tackled some issues like the healing power of pets and fitness unleashed about people and pets exercising together. But this is the single best book I've ever been part of, and it's the single best book that's on my shelves. And I, I love pet books, so I have hundreds, thousands of books and all these different bookshelves. And what's different about Your Dog, the Owner's Manual is we set out to write it differently. We looked at the S's, secrets, surprises, and solutions. And having been a veterinarian for 31 years, and my writing partner, Gina Spadafori, has uh, written and, and researched for pet issues for over 30 years. There's actually four of us worked for a year, one year on this book. And I, I think some of the greatest compliments for me that I've received is from veteran veterinarians that have been in the trenches working for 20, 30, 40 years that I would show them things from the book and, and they'd go, I didn't know that. Wow. And I'd demonstrate it. Like I can tell you three instances. One was a dog that was shaking dry after a bath. We were shooting a video about bathing the dog and the dog started to shake dry and I reached over with two fingers my thumb and my index finger, and grabbed the dog's nose, one finger on top of its nose, my thumb underneath the bottom of its jaw, with as, as lightly as you would touch an egg sideways, hold an egg, and the dog instantly sh- stopped shaking. And then, uh, and then it started to shake again. I just reached over again and held it, and it's like an on-off switch. It's like, God, I wish I'd have known that 30 years ago that you could have a, a shut-off switch for getting a dog to shake. And 
Well, you know, you can you can add me to that list too. I've been practicing for 25 years, and I did not know that either. <laughs> well, I'll t- I'll tell you another one. There was there's a whole thing about getting medicine out of the bottle and into the pet. And we know only about 20% of people are successful giving all the medication as directed by the veterinarian. And there was a dog that came into the hospital. And, you know, some dogs are Ernest and some dogs are Einstein. You remember Ernest used to be on TV that kind of played that goofy character, you know. And, and oh, yes. I think we all have some dogs like that that got like, you know, a two neurons connected to a tennis ball in their brain like our, our golden retriever Shakira. And then there's other ones that are just like Einstein. They're like, you think you're going to fool me? Are you kidding me? And there's one of those Einstein dogs, and the owner was complaining about how hard it was to get a pet medication. And she goes, he can, he can smell that stuff no matter what I put the medication in. I said, well, here's, here's the key. We talked about uh, Greenie's pill pockets. And, and for your listeners that don't know about that, it's, it looks like a little edible shot glass made of a, a meaty kind of material that pets really like the taste of. But the key to that is if you're right-handed and you got the pill in your right hand, you know, you load the pill into the pill pocket with your right hand, but you close it shut with the opposite hand. And the, here's why you do that. You got to remember, dogs can be trained to detect mold, uh, bed bugs, accelerants and arson cases, explosives, counterfeit CDs. Uh, they can detect cancer. They can sure as heck smell that pill that you had in your right hand and you closed that with. So I showed the, I showed the lady that, and uh, closed it up with the left hand, and the dog took it like it was just a, a tasty tidbit uh, with no medication in it. And then I went further and said, if you've got a dog that's really, really, really smart, what you do is you do it like three-card mommy in New York, you know, where they have the ball under the three cups and they, they get you to guess which, which uh, cup the ball is under. You oh, yeah, use, the con game. Yeah, you actually use three greeny pill pockets. And the first one is the, is the promise. The second one is the D. That one actually has the, the pill in it. And the third one is the chaser. And there is hardly a dog on earth that can figure that out, that you've tricked them. So only one of those three actually has the pill inside of it. And, again, this veterinarian emailed me later and goes, it's a miracle, it's a miracle. You know, <laughs> This owner was so excited that the dog would not only take the medication, but it loved to take the medication now. And there's a, The third thing is there's a solution for thunderstorm phobias. Uh, when you talk to people that have researched this, it's actually the buildup of static electricity in the coat that precedes the clap of thunder, the pounding of rain on the roof, the flashes of light. And so what will happen, they'll get this buildup of static electricity in their coat, and they, way before uh, the thunderstorm gets there, you can take an unscented fabric softener sheet and rub it on the, just lightly on the hair on the trunk of the dog's body, and one out of three dogs will, will not have a thunderstorm phobia. And that's why dogs want to get in the basement, get on tile floors, get in the bathtub, because they want to get to a place that grounds themselves. And for the two out of three dogs that it doesn't work on, you ask your veterinarian for a prescription of generic Xanax. And whether it's a thunderstorm phobia or any other noise phobia, like, uh, you know, the 4th of July is coming up. Uh, we live in an area where there's hunting season. Um, we have a dog that just go if the power goes out, and there's a certain tone to our generator. It just freaks out. If, if, if you know uh, there's going to be noises, like you know there's thunderstorms in the forecast, or you know it's you know it's about July 1st and people are going to start shooting fireworks off, or it's you know the day before deer hunting season, you just uh, you know use the dose of, as recommended by your veterinarian, and it's just kumbaya. I mean, it doesn't affect them a bit, 
And, and if you miss it, like all of a sudden there's a clap of thunder you don't expect or some loud noise or somebody shoots a firework off, uh, you know, July 15th and the, the dog goes crazy, you give it to them afterwards and about 30 minutes later it's just kumbaya, kumbaya. It's just like no problem whatsoever. So that, there's hundreds. I, I've counted them. There's actually hundreds of secret surprises and solutions in the book that even veteran veterinarians or people that have owned pets their whole life are going to learn things that are going to make their pet healthier happier, help you have a richer, deeper relationship with your pet, or is going to save you time or money. Yeah, you have a whole chapter in there about uh, saving money for your pet, which is great. But there are a couple things you mentioned there that uh, are important not to skip over, not to uh, to save money on. Can you kind of touch on those a little bit? Absolutely. Well, the worst thing you can save money on is preventive care. Uh, the, you know, your pets vac- keeping your pet's vaccinations current, there's things that you vaccinate a pet for that also protect the human family. So there's safety uh, considerations there, like leptospirosis. For for years, I know certain areas of the country, we didn't see a lot of lepto, and so we, we even uh, started using vaccines that didn't have leptospirosis in it. But it's come roaring back and is, is a health threat to pets and is transmissible to people. Yeah, we see a fair amount of it around here. The parasite control products, it, the, the new recommendations, there's a group called CAPSIVET.org. That stands for Companion Animal Parasite Council, uh, VET.org. They rec- and this is a consortium of the veterinary community, the human health community, like the American Academy of Family Practitioners and the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, you know, our, our government agency. Uh, the, the mandate is lifetime parasite control for all pets, period. That means you don't, you don't, it doesn't matter what part of the country you're in. It doesn't matter if it's uh, springtime, summertime, or wintertime. Lifetime parasite control, all pets. So you, you want to make sure that you, you keep them on the stuff for internal and external parasites. You use products that are recommended by your veterinarian. There's lots of uh, TV ads and stuff now saying, you know, comparable to blank. It's the same as Frontline Plus. And, and you want to ask your veterinarian, uh, which product should I use for my pet? Which kind of uh, food should I feed my pet? You also don't want to skimp on nutrition. You want to you want to start bathing your pet once a week, which is the new recommendations from uh, veterinary dermatologists, even twice a week during the height of allergy season. I'll give you an example. The number one uh, most common reason people take pets to the vet is skin problems. So if you have you know a good parasite control product, that's going to prevent a lot of those. And, and now we know by bathing your pet once a week, you're flushing these allergy triggers off that causes environmental allergies. And you have to think of your dog as like a Swiffer. You know, if you use a Swiffer, any electrostatically charged uh, product, and you look at all that stuff you get off your hardwood floors or your tile, and you go, this is gross, and you throw it in the trash can, your dog is that Swiffer, a giant Swiffer, that that accumulates day after day after day on their coat, and then... It triggers these allergic responses that causes most of the ear problems, a lot of anal gland problems, the biting, licking, chewing, scratching. And during the height of the allergy season, which is right now, like my daughter has two pugs. She, well, I have her bathe that dog, those dogs twice a week, and every time they come in from outside doing their business, I have her wipe them down with an unscented baby wipe to get the pollen and stuff off their coat before they start licking it. And by doing those kind of things, they get through this kind of season without skin problems. Without it, they're both going to have these explosive allergic reactions. They're going to end up on something for staph, for yeast, and probably have to end up on atopica, you know, oral cyclosporin to beat it back. But by, you know, doing preventively, they just get through the season great. But don't skip your, trip, your trips to the vet. 
Make sure you stay on preventive uh, parasite control products and other programs as recommended by your veterinarian. That's, you know, where, where you save money is, you know, you don't have to buy your pet a new toy. You don't have to buy another jewel collar. You can buy your food in the largest size and split it with family, friends, or coworkers so that you, you, know, you save money on a good quality food. Those are the kind of areas. And then I'm also a big fan of veterinary pet insurance. Um, I have veterinary pet insurance for my own pets, and you might think, why does America's veterinarian that writes this book have <laughs> veterinary pet insurance? You know what? If I had to get a kidney transplant on one of our cats, it's around $18,000. If uh, I will do stem cell therapy, we got uh, Shakira, the golden golden retriever, and if she needs uh, uh, ends up with arthritis, it's untreatable by traditional ways with, you know, Hills, Hills Prescription Diet JD or... Uh, Remedil or Adequin or, or uh, Tramadol. Sometimes you know you know how we do, doctor. We use all of them sometimes in some of these last chance kind of cases. Well, sure. I've been I've been doing stem cell therapy this year. I've done six uh, six vet stem stem cell therapies, and you know what? It's twenty seven hundred fifty bucks, and and uh, veterinary pet insurance pays for it. So by having that that monthly fee, it's kind of like a cell phone bill when it comes time to you know, to, to be there for Sparky or Fluffy, you're able to say, yes, doctor, do whatever, do whatever and feel great about it. Yeah, it can also make a big difference if you have an unexpected emergency. You know, you don't have to worry about whether you can afford the treatment. You can just say, go ahead and do it. Well, you know, and you know how good that feels. You know, we know as veterinarians how heartbreaking it is for people that, you know, there, there's something called your self-talk cycle, and it, and it tells you that, you know, if somebody says, are you a good person? Yeah. Are you a good veterinarian? Yeah. Are you a good friend? You know, a good American? All these different things. Your self-talk cycle says yes. And so, you know, you never, I have never in 31 years ever had an owner come in and say, you know what, this pet was terrific, but I'm a lousy pet owner, therefore i got to get rid of it. It's always oh, we got the cat from hell, or we got this dog that just didn't do this, uh, instead of the fact that, you know what, it could have been great, but, you know, I was lazy and I didn't go through socialization and behavior training or, you know, I didn't choose wisely. And and then at the end, your self-talk cycle, if it's an economic issue, you'll say something like, well, I just, you know, I don't, we don't want them to suffer anymore. Or we, you know, you know, they wouldn't have made it anyway, when in fact, uh, through pet insurance, you don't have to have that conversation with yourself. You're able just to say, like you said, do, you know, oh, do whatever is necessary, and you'll be able to return a, a portion of what this pet has so unselfishly given you. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned a little bit about socialization and training methods, and those have changed tremendously in the last, uh, well, even in the last few years. Can you talk a little bit about how some of those things have changed, how we uh we now encourage socialization at a very young age, that type of thing. Well, you know, we we know so much more about it. I, I've been a veterinarian for 31 years, and when I when I, I'll tell you the what, how what has changed. When I graduated from Washington State University College of Veterinary Medicine in in 1980, I was I had been taught that pets don't feel pain. I was taught the same thing. I graduated yeah. from Iowa State in 1986. Same same story. Same story, and you know what? We all know it seems so crazy now. How do we buy into that? If they have the same neural pathways we do, of course they feel pain. It's just that humans get a little sore in their mouth, a cold sore the size of a pencil eraser, and tell everybody, oh, my gosh, it's killing me. Oh, my God, my mouth. And this poor old pet looks like their gums got hit by a blowtorch, and they, they suffer in silence. Or I, was, I had a client in recently that had a, 
He goes, oh, the ears don't seem that bad. And I said, listen, ma'am, I was flying recently, and I had a, a little bit of an allergy, and my ears wouldn't clear. I thought I was dying. I'm flying, and I've got my head upside down on the tray with a styrofoam cup with a little piece of cloth that they'd superheated with water trying to get my ear to clear. And can you imagine having that earache all the time? Uh, you know, so we we gotta you know gotta be there to advocate for these pets, and they just can't communicate pain. And we were we were also taught, you know, that you didn't want to bathe them very often because it dry their skin out. And now yep. we know that you want to bathe them, you know, every every week. And I thought I thought a dog's teeth were for uh, were for biting people. You know, when I graduated 31 years ago. And now we know it's not only what they chew with, but it's their front hands. That's how they pick things up and carry them. Those lower canine teeth have to stay in place so when they pant, that acts as a lolling regulator to dispense 85 to 90% of their heat by panting. And those dogs whose tongue hangs out the side of their mouth can't adequately dispense, dispense heat. And, and also about socialization. You know, we're trained, we're trained as veterinarians to find things wrong with pets. And, and over the course of, of my 31 years or your 25 years, we learned a lot about preventing problems. So now, now we, we give pain medication before they ever experience pain, during the surgery, after the surgery. Uh, we know that the, 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 the number one most commonly diagnosed problem is periodontal disease. And so daily oral care is critical for a, a healthy pet. And, and only 5% of the population is going to brush your pet's teeth, so there's other options. There's dental rinses. There's taking advantage of a dog's natural tendency to chew. So I love a product called CET Hextra that is a, a, a rawhide sliver that's impregnated with chlorhexidine. I use a dental sealant on our own pets called Oravet that's simply a wax that acts as a barrier to bacteria. And, uh, and plaque that you just apply to your dog's teeth. It's just, just as easy as taking your finger and just wiping around their teeth once a week. And then socialization. We know there's these critical periods where, where the magic is going to happen or not. And we used to say, don't get these, these, dogs around, these puppies around other dogs until they're 16 weeks of age. Well, we now know that that's wrong, that you, there's these two key periods. There, and one of them is from about you know, seven weeks to 10 weeks that you want to... to socialize them, to expose them to vacuum cleaners, to, you know, the sound of the tractor starting up if you're in there, people in wheelchairs, young, old, dogs, cats, uh, on the city sidewalk, um, all these different places so that they start to associate it with good things happening. You know, I got to play, I felt safe, I got the occasional treat. And so, you know, and you don't, you don't, you're smart about it. You know, you don't take them to the highway rest stop on, on uh, you know, uh, I-5 where 10 million dogs have gone to the bathroom in the last month. You don't take them there, but you'll, you'll take them to an outdoor cafe or you'll take them to a section of, the, of a park where they get to meet people or you have play dates with friends of yours that have dogs that are, you know, are fully vaccinated. But you're, you know, more importantly than those vaccinations, protecting them against diseases, more importantly is you're immunizing them against this unneeded fear that's going to come on from not being properly socialized at a young age. Yeah, and it's going to keep a lot of these dogs out of the pounds. It's going to keep them in, in good homes. Yeah, and you know, you know, it's these dogs I look at. Uh, I, I, the last, the last, last time I went into a shelter was Christmas Day, and I came out with a, uh, this beautiful dog named Gracie. You know, that's why I can't <laughs> go into shelters. One, Me too. I, I shelters my whole life, uh, and then I got to where 
I just couldn't. I, I, you know, those of us that have been involved in veterinary medicine have seen so many precious pets passed over the years. It's just one of those things that I applaud the people that work there. I support them with all my resources, but it just tears my heart out to go in there. And every time I go in there, I come out with a, another dog or cat. So I went in there with, with uh, on Christmas Day, we visited four area shelters in northern Idaho, and the whole teams of us, we took treats to all these dogs, we took uh, toys to all these dogs, and more importantly, every dog and cat in three shelters, there's about 700 of them, we got them out and told them we loved them, that we would find homes for them and to, you know, to hang in there and, and is this a neat thing. And the very last dog in the last shelter was Gracie's, a lab pit bull cross. And I tease that she's, she uh, might chew your arm off, but she'll bring it back to you. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, so, it's so incredible. If, if we humans take the time to make a thoughtful decision, we often spend more time looking for the right make and model of car than we do the right make and model of pet. If we work with our veterinarian to find out, you know, match up, okay, this is my, this is my lifestyle this is my expectations for a pet, this is my budget, this is what my landlord allows, and then we can say, okay, you're thinking about this Dalmatian, but here's what you might not know. You're thinking about a bulldog or Sharpay, but and if, uh, if, if I could only pick one dog, if I was able to default down and tell the right dog for every, you know, for, that would be best for most people, it would be a, a small a uh, mixed breed dog from a shelter that's an adult where the behaviors are already known. Uh, long hair is genetically triggered to fall out less often, so there's not the shedding problems uh, Some the face with some of the shorter haired dogs. But really, really, any mixed breed, any mixed breed or any shelter dog, adult dog, you just, you just can't go wrong. They're, they'll make such a, you know, you'll rescue them and they'll rescue you and there'll be this strong relationship and you know, we romanticize puppies a lot, but it's like, you know, giving a three-year-old with ADHD a chainsaw a lot of times. We forget about that stuff. I agree with you entirely. I I, uh, I can't say enough about the shelters and, and the reasons for adopting a dog from a shelter, especially as opposed to a pet store. So, yeah, well, you know what? That's absolutely, that's one of those absolute things that's absolutely, positively, 100% never get a dog from a pet store because most of the time they are, uh, uh, they come from puppy mills, and we know that's just something that's impossible. Oh, yeah, they have so many different health issues, socialization issues, and just just the, the whole idea of, adding to the continuation of, of that industry and that practice is disturbing. Yeah, and, you know, as veterinarians, we see the ones that come from those. And it's yeah, just, uh, every day. It just breaks your heart out. You know, that, that, that's how we help break the cycle is by not buying any pet from a pet store, period. Yep, I, I entirely agree. Well, thank you, Dr. Becker. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you. Um, can you, uh, before we leave, just tell our, our uh, listeners where they can get your, uh, your newest book, or any of your books for that matter? Well, if, if you're, you know, all of us are trying to watch our money right now. So if you're, if you're watching your, your money, Amazon's got a great price. It's about half price with free shipping. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, the book is, uh, the, uh, again, I, just, I have to say this is the single best book I've I've got on my shelf, and it's something that uh, it truly is an owner's manual for dogs. It truly is something, no matter how long you've had a dog or whatever you 
you thought to be true in the past, you're, you're going to find these secret surprises and solutions. But I always want people to look at their local bookstore first. I always do. I love little independent local bookstores. Try there first. If not, the chains all have them, the Barnes and & Nobles and Borders. But uh, Amazon's got a great price on them Terrific. right now. Terrific. And you're on tour right now promoting your book. Where can uh, where can people go to find out where you're going to be over the next few days or weeks? Go to go to drmartybecker.com. Uh, that shows the bus tour. It's the, the tour is called Healthy Pets Visit Vets, and we're going to 30 cities, 30 major cities in 45 days. We've also got a $70,000 shelter giveaway that we're giving giving away products to 50 shelters across the country. So you can go on, and several of them are in California. And, we, the way we did the voting, it, it was just picked at random from the people that submitted their names. So there's some names that are big you recognize, another like the Pomeranian Rescue of Southern California. And so there's some the people that would have never gotten attention, any kind of light or heat. So, you know, go to drmartybecker.com, see if we're going to be in a place near you where you can come in and, and I can meet your pets and you on the tour. Uh, or, you know, vote for one of these shelter pets that uh, needs to move from the cage at the shelter to the couch at somebody's home. So uh, you'll be joining us on June 1st in our chat cafe at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we'll be able to continue this discussion there and uh, people will be able to ask you questions. So uh, hopefully we'll have lots of listeners that will come and join us that evening. Well, this this has been my pleasure and I I look forward to, to that time. Well, thank you. I look forward to it also.